What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Neek and D podcast. This is your boy D, and over there we got my boy. Yeah, this is uh, David Hasselhoff. All right. Well, uh, I'm just kidding. What's that was gonna be this serious today, bro. No, we're, we're gonna be serious. This is a this is a this is a serious podcast. I said this is a, this is a this is a this is a this is a serious podcast. So today's podcast is about stuttering. Uh, yeah, it's about stuttering. No, no, it's not. What are we talking about today, Nico? Did we talk about Cristiano Ronaldo going to Man United? Yeah, we we mentioned it in the last podcast. Yeah, we mentioned it. Scored two goals today for Portugal. I did see that. The last header was pretty clean. You know what? I'm just gonna. No, I'm gonna skip to the end of our podcast and just tell all the United fans that y'all need to hear this. You're not gonna win the Premier League. Not gonna win the Champions League. Definitely not win the Champions League. You know, what's gonna happen is. They're gonna go have like a good strong run, and then Ronaldo's not gonna get those like easy touching balls that he always gets with um, Juventus. Yeah. Because all the players and all the center backs are gonna close him down in the Premier League, and he's not gonna have a chance to finish like that. I just gotta say, if a midfield of Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez, McTominay, and Fred win either the Premier League or the Champions League, <laughs> dude, I'm not watching soccer ever again. Dude, Fred was so bad. I, so I, heard, I didn't right watch now. it, but I heard like he was he played really bad. But you know, you did ask me a question: what today's podcast is about? Yes, sir. You know what it's about? What is it about? It's about MF goals. MF goals. <laughs> MF goals. I like it. Yeah. So, um, how are we how are we gonna kick this off? Me or you gonna go first? Who's gonna go first? Uh, you want me to ask you first? Sure. All right. All right. So here's the deal: we both wrote down five different questions that are. Interview-based questions, questions based on life, and based on... I just realized our calendar's falling off the wall. Oh, wow. But <laughs> of, um, it's about our our life and, and some, types, some types of goals we have. And um, most of it's deranged from the interview practice that I've had. Because in the fire service, it's extremely hard to get past the interview process. Um, some guys can skirt right by it just because they have a lot of experience. But for me, when I was young, it was really hard for me to get any type of experience going into it. And uh, I had to practice and say a lot of stupid things in front of a lot of really important people to realize, oh, I shouldn't say that in an interview. Yeah. So it's all part of the process. But yeah, that's just that's kind of what what this podcast is about. It's just about um, goals, and we're gonna we're gonna have like different little split stories and stuff here and there, and talk about what. Uh, both of us want to do you know and that's why this podcast is titled where are you going to be in five years so fire it off that was my first question really yeah you know that happened to be my first question ah. as well. Actually, well, well, is it really my first question well the thing is that's a question for both of us that we can both answer so it was yes it was my first question as well. that, that is so, a good question that's why i wrote it, it down it is i mean look at that it's a, it's a yeah. podcast name so it's perfect yeah all right go ahead so you already asked me that um, so in five years, if we're speaking, are we speaking work-wise or are we speaking personal life? Um, let's, let's go predominantly work, but mix in a little bit of family. All right. So, or work, a little bit of both so work-wise, just cause that's how I'd start out in an actual interview is I'd immediately start talking about work, mm. you know, um, right now I'm a year and a half in, in the fire department with Rio Rico and I'm at the point where I'm comfortable like I'm comfortable with my skills and I can start kind of getting more advanced with what I want to like improve on in my career. So I'd say about in the next like five, six months, I want to try and start a new 
um, skill, whether it's like a rope thing, whether it's hazmat, whether it's engineer, paramedicine, you know, that's going to be a really hard one. That's the one I 100% want to get done within two years is paramedicine. That's, I want to, like, not done, but I want to start it. Can you describe what that is? So paramedicine, paramedic, it's, uh, it's the next step as an as a EMT. Um, a lot of people see on the streets, they think that, um, like, ambulance-wise, it's like, oh, they're EMTs, and then they think of paramedics as, like, a higher level, which is true. But a lot of people don't realize that when they go to EMT school, you're really – learning a lot of stuff about becoming an EMT and saving lives, but you're only no, you have four core skills that you learn in EMT class, and then you have a couple other random ones, and then you have you get in the field and it's just different. You're not allowed to give a whole lot of medications. You know, I'm allowed to give like two medications, two or three medications. Um, off the top of my head, I can give for this is also per per Rio Rico and the R standards. Um, national EMT is, is sometimes it's different, but I can do. Albuterol treatments in Rio Rico. Um, I can do. Um, I can. There's a there's a twist to it that's so like when people have inhalers and stuff. Since it's a different type of drug, like it could be whatever. We have to like it's it's uh, assisted. So if I was giving you your inhaler, I'd be like I can't push the button, but you can push the button. So that's kind of how that works. But we have these little um, albuterol like uh, like little liquefied albuterol like capsules. And you put it inside like a mask and you nebulize it. And I've only done it twice. I need that. But yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I, can give, I can assist in aspirin. Um, I can give oxygen. That's the one thing I'd be like, yeah, I'll throw you on oxygen right now. Um, I'm trying to think. I can assist in nitro. And nitroglycerin is a drug for, it's for, it's I'm not trying to get too scientific with it, but it's a drug that, that um, when people are having chest pain and stuff, it allows the um, your vessels to um, dilate, so your your vessels actually open up and they allow for clots or whatever that might be causing blockage to move. So it's a good it's a really good drug. It, um, it drops your blood pressure really bad, so it's, you have to be really careful with, the, with your blood pressures. But um, that uh that will that will drop your pressure. Um, I really got off on a tangent for the question, but uh. <laughs> Past that, a paramedic is pretty much someone who can do a lot more things. They can pace people, they can intubate people, they can do a whole lot of cool stuff. Like I really, I'm really into it, and I want to start doing that pretty soon. Um, from there, a year or two down the line, I want to, I want to definitely become an engineer, have some like hazmat experience, and, and be able to pull a line. And I have basic pumping experience, but I want to be, uh, I want to be more proficient in it and get that engineer cert down the line, and then. Depending on five years, depending on if I'm advanced enough, I'm uncomfortable enough, maybe testing for a higher position, but it's very un- unrealistic. Um, I see myself in 10 years becoming a fire captain, hopefully, but that's not the question. Um, in five years, that's pretty much my goal is, is to get the engineer and the paramedicine big time for work, um, really grow in the department and try to add something to the department. So depending on you know, where life takes me. Uh-huh. And then on a personal level, um, five years from now, I'll be 27. So in that time period, I mean, maybe meet somebody nice, have something going on good. And, and I mean, I'm ha- pretty happy where I am right now in life, you know. Yeah. I got you as my roommate, so it's pretty nice. Um, but if I do meet somebody, I mean, I do want to be a dad someday. I want to have a family, and I want to, you know, take care of those people and, and keep a legacy going with my with the last name I have and stuff. So, And just pass on everything my mom taught me and my dad taught me. So. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but, yeah.
that was the longest question ever, and that would be the whole entire interview time on a on a uh, fire board, like an oral board interview. They'd be like, okay, thanks for answering one question. Get out. <laughs> I should tell you that. Do it. Get out. I'm just kidding. All right, now we back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the same question for me, right? Oh, you want to go back and forth? Oh, yeah, let's it, do it. All right, yeah, go ahead. It was your question, right? Your so, first question. So go uh, do... Same thing, do your work life, and then do okay. your personal life. So, um, same thing with you when you said that you've been you've been working, you know, for the past, what, like, how long have you been at Rio Rico for? A year and a half. A year and a half. <clears throat> and over that time, from the beginning, since you started working, would you say that you've grown so much as uh, a firefighter in that time? I have, yeah. So, same thing here with me. Um, as you know, I work logistics, which is, uh, the short answer is... The process of something getting one place to another, basically. Right. Shipping one thing to another and everything in between and all the processes that go through it. So I'm going to school right now, too, as you know, to become or at, for logistics and supply chain management. And I'm hoping um, to use that once I get my degree to hopefully start my career and in that field. But, uh, you know, my mom, and she makes these uh, different crafts and stuff. And she's really, she's, that's what she's passionate about is making different crafts and different things. To, and she, she, usually, she usually just makes them just to make them. But I started talking to her and start selling this stuff, you know, because it's pretty cool. Um, so, actually, I started a shop for her on both Etsy and Mercari. They're two apps. Yeah, you can I sell remember on. you telling me about this. Yeah, so I'm kind of building up into, I, I want to get that shop started and I want to help her get some inventory up and I want to get her name out there because she, she makes some really cool stuff. Your she, mom she, is very she talented. She is so awesome. Yeah, she's very and, talented. And she, she doesn't think so, but like she, she, she plays it off like it's nothing, you know. And From my time being good friends of Dolan, when I go over to his house, um, his family is probably the most humble family I think I've ever met. The most humble people, like wisecracking Steelers fans, <laughs> super, super, super humble, though. Like, these people are the sweetest people, nicest people. Like, they've taken in kids. They've, they've done, you know, God's work. They've done, they've done all these things that are insanely, um, like, respectable, I guess. Yeah. But, um yeah, I, I'm. I, I freaking love his mom. His mom doesn't get enough credit for the stuff that her, yeah. her and her and her husband, his parents, don't get enough yeah. credit for what they've done in this lifetime. I will never be able to repay any like everything that they've done for me. Um, yeah, but uh, but anyways, back on the craft thing. She makes all these crafts and they're so good, dude. But she she's like, oh, they're all right. I'm like, mom, this is amazing. So I I want to eventually. Help her. I want to try to go over there every weekend, and try to help her get some stuff at least going, and stuff that I I made an inventory sheet and everything for her. I have everything inventoried right now. Sweet. So I want to eventually grow her shop bigger, and kind of make that to where she can gain her own income off of that, and have a constant flow of income, and hopefully, I can play a part in that, and then um, you know, hopefully. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be five years. It's a goal, but I, I want to kind of be in a be in that kind of like a family business like that. Pretty good. And it's it's going to start off small like that, but um, 
yeah, it's gonna take a lot of work too. But I, I don't want to be I don't want to be working uh, a nine to five job for the rest of my life. You know, I, I want to try to to do something like that. And if it doesn't happen, you know, if it's something that we try and it fails, then you know, I, I I'll have my degree. And then I can figure out what I want to do. You know, a lot of people that are have done great things with with businesses, like entrepreneurs, they've failed many times. Yeah. I uh, there was a guy I read a book. He was like a like a Navy SEAL, Thomas Webb, I think was his name. I don't want to go too off, but he wrote a book called like Mastering Fear and stuff. And and he started a business right out of the military, and it was like he put all of his life into it, and it failed really bad like he was going through a rough patch in his life and then he was able to spark it back up and go back with like the same idea or along these lines um i'm not trying to quote it directly but he ended up making it like happen again so like he shit the bed and then he was able to fix it all so i mean just because it doesn't work the first time doesn't mean it won't ever work mm-hmm. yeah and uh family wise or yeah i guess family wise yeah. um you know I, i'm not uh I do want kids. I want specific. I want two to three kids. If if God wills it, I want two to three kids. Maybe there'll be more. Maybe there'll be less. I don't know. But um, oh, you want there to be more. I I, I want kids so bad. But um, me too, man. It's just living in a family. I I have a bunch of siblings. I want my sibling or my kids to have that same camaraderie with their siblings. But um, yeah. Five years from now, it'd be cool to meet someone like you said, and it'd be cool to to kind of see if that if, if i can meet a person that i that i believe that i'm gonna spend the rest of my life with yeah i don't want to settle down with someone that you know just because i want to find that person within the next five years Sweet. and i'm not gonna rush or anything I, if, good dude. yeah i'm gonna see what happens and hopefully happens sweet yeah that's good um do you want to do you want to go back and forth a uh, question wise yeah like we're talking about on the same question or talking about like so you ask and then i ask okay yeah, yeah let's do that all right cool okay yeah we didn't really plan this out we just said we're gonna do five questions <laughs> <laughs> so where you guys are all going with us okay so here's my second question for you all right let's hear it how do you handle yourself in a situation where you're under pressure mm, okay so i'm just gonna say on a side note like when, when i've been asked these questions in the past i've always followed up with a scenario where i was under pressure and how i handled it and what i learned from it Blah, blah, blah. Um, off the top of my head, under pressure, um, I'd say the very first time I did, I did CPR on somebody was one of the most intense moments of my life from the time I heard the tone outs and from the time I got into the ambulance, got on scene. And uh, what's funny, it was, it was like one of the hardest calls for me, and it had, happened to be the first code I had. I showed up on scene with my partner, and he was a paramedic. He is a paramedic. And he drove all the way there, and he were hauling butt. Like, I'm, I swear, like, I'm, we're going super fast. And I'm kind of, like, thinking in my mind, like, oh, my God, I'm about to touch a, possibly a dead body. Like, it's going to be legit. And we go to this little neighborhood out near Nogales. Um, and when we get into the house, um, we, you know, we find him. I can't, I'm not going to go too in detail. But we find the guy, pull him out, put him into a bigger room. And, you know, we're doing CPR and stuff. And there is a jump bag that all EMTs take, like, when they go to someplace. It has oxygen. It has um, non-rebreather masks, which is for oxygen delivery. It has nasal cannulas, which are the little things that go up your nose. 
Um, it has IV stuff for the medics. It has ice packs, soft goods, stuff for bleeding, stuff for splinting. Like, it has a lot of cool stuff. It has a lot of neat, like, handy things that you're going to use a lot on the job. But um, we're starting to do CPR on the guy, and I'm in charge of the airway. So the airway part's kind of – it's one of the one things that's probably really invasive for our, for our job is we're putting stuff in your mouth, blah, blah, blah. And, and he wanted me to insert an OPA, which is an oropharyngeal airway. Um, it looks like a, like a little hook. Like a plastic hook and its design is you insert it and it scoops your tongue off the back of your throat when you're unconscious because when you're unconscious your tongue is actually always moving because your body is controlling it. your nervous system controls your tongue so you uh, when you lay back and you're unconscious your tongue is falling to the back of your throat actually i have something to add real quick Go ahead. I, I don't know if you've seen the video of that dude on, on a soccer field he gets knocked out by the keeper and the, uh, the defender on the other team automatically runs over and puts his hand in his mouth and starts pulling his tongue so he doesn't swallow his tongue. I got to add something on this too. So when I started taking the class, I, was always, I always thought like that was the immediate move. Like once someone goes down like that, you got to grab their tongue so they don't swallow their tongue, like swallow their tongue, you know, or mm. bite it off. Yeah. But, um, you know, when they teach you, they say don't ever put your fingers in someone's mouth. So they can bite? Yeah. Yeah. They'll bite it clean off, right? Yeah. You know, so there's a theory that you're – bones and your fingers have the same consistency and um, density of a carrot. So your brain's just telling you stop, idiot, so you don't do it, but you could bite through it as easy as biting through a carrot. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's very... So that's pretty scary, and I'm not going to put my, ma- my, my hands in someone's mouth unless I absolutely see something at the edge of the mouth that I can scoop out real fast. Mm-hmm. But um, back to the story, I remember seeing the guy's airway and i'm like oh my god like it was like all sloppy and stuff and we didn't bring the suction unit in so i was all screwed already so i i used the opa and cleaned out his mouth like scooped this stuff out and then i kind of inserted it and i inserted like a, like it slid right in like i've practicing in class like you know i had been a tutor for about two or three years and i've been showing students and stuff how to insert an opa and now i'm doing it for the first time in the field and i'm like oh my god oh my god like under pressure and i inserted it and this is when the problem happened. You know, we there's on our bag valve masks, which we call a BVM, there's a mask, and then there's an actual air delivery bag. And uh, the mask had, I lost it on scene when I, brought, when I came in because I was all freaked out. It fell out of the bag somewhere in the house, and I couldn't find it. So we had to go back to the ambulance, get a new bag, you know, because we looked around, and instead of delaying looking around, we just had my engineer went back and grabbed it, and we started doing I I delayed this guy a minute of breath, like genuinely. And um, this guy was unfortunately most likely going to pass either way because he was deep in what we call DKA, which is diabetic ketoacidosis. And it's when your body becomes so induced with sugar that your cells just, your cells are, I don't know, actually, I'm not going to get to it. I don't know the exact definition, but your cells just can't operate because there's too much sugar. So your blood is just fruity and gross and sugary. And the blood's like tarry. It's like a sugar on the guy, and his blood was like brown. It's weird. And um, the normal human range for blood glucose is 80 to 120. This guy's was 460. And I remember all the numbers. I remember everything like the back of my hand because it was like one of the most traumatic days for me. It was your first call yeah. ever? The only, it was my first serious call. Oh, okay. I, like, all calls are serious. This was my first, like, someone Life, life or death, yeah. yeah. Um. And 
you know, we, we ended up working them and we transported them. And me, my paramedic hooked them up to a device that analyzes your CO. So when we breathe, we also produce, um, when we breathe in, we breathe out carbon dioxide. So we get a CO monitor. So we monitor the, the carbon. And um, we ended up getting like a pretty good carbon reading, which a good carbon reading is anywhere from 35 to 45. And we were actually getting a carbon reading of like 27 compared to 17 when we left so we were getting it back to a level where we were getting good feedback so the body's starting to like equalize and work out again because another thing that happens too is your body's gonna when you have that dka you're expelling excess excess amounts of uh like hyperventilating almost your body ends up trying to you know that's what that, there's an old i don't know if this is this one but like when you were hyperventilating they give you the bag because when you breathe in the bag you're still breathing the air because when you hyperventilate you think of the, the air going to your throat and coming out. You're not oxygenating. You're just breathing really fast. So, um, but I, uh, we ended up transporting the hospital. They worked him in the hospital, and then he ended up passing away at the hospital, unfortunately. Um, the guy was young, and uh, it was hard because I remember cleaning the gurney outside the, outside the hospital and just being so upset because I felt like I was the one that, caused his death like genuinely like horrible thinking like I should just leave I should never do this again blah 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 all because of like one simple little mistake like a beginner's mistake you know and uh I ended up calling my mom that night and I was like I vented to my mom my mom was like give yourself a break you know like I told her all the details and she was like you know sometimes this is just you know this is what happens and it's a gift because I've been able to tell a lot of people like you know, in that situation, I didn't handle the pressure, you know. But now, one of the best things that I do that they handle that pressure is I just, I relive the moments in a positive way. And I, I think about the positives of it. You know, now I can tell all the new guys, hey, make sure there's a bag in that jump bag. Make sure you can check that mask. Keep it all together. Don't take it out on scene because you'll end up maybe lose it. You know, I can pass it on so that mistake never happens again. So there's a positive way to look at it and a negative way to look at it, but... Um, now I feel super confident with it. I've, I've actually had one code save, you know, I had where we showed up on scene, did CPR again. I was airway again and we ended up bringing the guy back and brought him to the hospital. Um, we, we actually gave him to the hospital and he had a good blood pressure. So it's pretty wild. Nice. Um, but yeah, handling pressure. Um, I think the number one best answer to that is exposure. Expose yourself to a, a excess amount of pressure you know whether it's going to be voluntary or involuntary expect it and 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 like and love the suck embrace the suck because you're going to learn more from getting your feet wet than anything else in the world it's the best life lesson mm-hmm. so that's it that's all i got yeah. for you that once again that was another really long answer i would have been kicked out by now in the interview process <laughs> <laughs> yeah are we good? you want to go back and forth yeah all right let's do it so don't already answered my first question, but here is my second question. This is a very frequent, very, very frequent interview question. What is your biggest weakness and what is your biggest strength? Okay. It's weird because I've never actually been through an interview before. Like, I, I have, but not like a formal interview. It's good. I'm putting you on the spot. Let's yeah. See what you say. So, I would say one of my bu- biggest weaknesses is that. Um, when I can't figure out something, I get stuck on it. So I'll get stuck on it, seriously. I will try every which way to get it done, and I'll kind of 
put off everything else that needs to get done. So say like I have five different tasks to get done throughout the day. If I get the first one done, second one done, that third one, if I can't figure it out, I'll, I'll, I'll stay stuck on it. I'll, I'll disregard the other two tasks <laughs> until I get that shit done. Yeah. Until I, uh, yeah, like I'll, I'll do that at work a lot. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I did it a couple weeks ago. There, there's this part that uh, I'm kind of diving into my work right now, but like uh, it, it wouldn't. We have a certain, we have this ERP system, and I was trying to figure it out because I've never ran into this problem before, and this part wouldn't like leave the system. It wouldn't issue out. So I, I was going into every little thing in my system, even places I hadn't visited before, and I was trying to find an answer to this. And I have, you know, my boss and stuff that could look at it, you know, and try it. But I wanted to be the one to solve it, you know, and I wanted to be the one that that did it. So I wanted, you know, to do it. And I ended up wasting two hours trying to figure it out. And I never did. So, so is it kind of like stubbornness? I guess, yeah. I guess that, that that would be what I would call it. It's and I, just, think, I think it's fair to say a lot of people are stubborn. I know I'm so stubborn about things like I think I'm like this like when it comes to some things I think I just know it real well and then I'll get all in on my ass and then be like oh what happened it's yeah like, you're fucking too stubborn yeah and I, I guess sometimes I let my my pride get in the way too if someone's like oh like I, I can look up like no 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 like I got this you know what I mean and it necessarily isn't a bad thing either because it, it I kind I think it breeds from courage uh-huh. It breeds from you being like, I can take this on. I'd rather be stubborn and be like, no, I got this, than be the person that's going to cower away. Yeah, that's true. And then another thing, when someone does do that and I let them take over, I get kind of pissed because I'm like, and then especially if they, if they can do it, I'm like, you know. Yeah. My mom used to tell me and my sister to choose your battles. You know, choose your battles carefully. You know, you don't have to fight every battle, so just choose your battles. You know, if you're going to, fight something that's worth it there was another so an instructor that used to teach at pima um her name's laura she uh she says she said this thing she said is this gonna bother me tomorrow is this gonna bother me in a year is this gonna bother me 10 years from now blah blah blah. and she it's like an it's like an assessment of saying is this worth it and uh that's kind of how she like handles decisions and like things where it helps her kind of i think it helps her take a more logical view of, of issues which i think is pretty smart i kind of look at it like that like i don't like i'm tr- i try not to get too sensitive about sensitive about things uh-huh. and sometimes i can't help it but sometimes it's like why am i worrying about this you know yeah but go ahead what you're saying um that, that was really it for my my weakness portion it's just it's, it's actually really good you you answered your weakness first it's because your strength technically is like your loop in of how you're handling yeah. cool. gotcha good good you already, um, you already got it man if it was just strictly an interview, I would say my my strength is is t- totally trustworthiness over everything. Like but but my my strength in general, I think, is loyalty. That's loyalty, one of my okay. one of my biggest Good. things. Um, I, I'm I believe I'm loyal to the very end, even if I I've known you for like a day or like a week, and if you ask me to to do to like tr- trust me with something or to do something, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not gonna let you down. Dude, you're that's why like one hundred percent of the time I'm always you're always the person I'm going to. Like if I have something going on in my life, like I'd go to you sometimes before I'd go to like immediate family. 
just because me and you are at the same age where we, we go through life at the same generation. So we, we have the same outer pressures. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to talk to somebody that's going through the rough with you than going than telling somebody like, yeah, they went through the rough in a different generation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, trustworthy, trustworthiness, um, loyalty and re- reliability. I believe I can be relied on for tasks that are in my control that I can do. If you ask me to do something, and it's even if it's in a certain time frame, I'm going to get that done. I'm, I'm going to put other stuff off that is less important. I'm going to prioritize what you need, need me to get done. I'm going to get it done, and I'm going to stay loyalty, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to earn your trust if I don't have it. And... boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you got for me? All right, here we go. Okay. What is your biggest fear, and have you been able have you been able to overcome it at all? So I got a work one and a personal one here. For those of you who are close to me, they already know what my biggest fear is when it comes to personal. Uh, I hate snakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I hate snakes with a passion, man. There's a funny video I have of me picking up a rock in Greer. And I, I recorded like, that. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I recorded I, that. I, I just don't like snakes. And what's funny is firefighters do a lot of snake calls. Fortunately, Oof. my department doesn't do snake calls. The animal control in the county does it. Nice. But two backfire does snake calls. They used to do snake calls. And uh, we found a snake at Station 2 one time, and my captain was like, hey, uh, Weber hasn't done a snake removal yet. And I'm like, I'm like, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I know that's going to come around, you know. It's going to come around eventually. I'm going to have to deal with it, you know, with my personal life. And I have my own home. We live in the desert. It's just a part of life. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> when I know where it is, I can go pick it up, put it in a bucket, and take it somewhere. But when it's like, yeah, there's a snake in my house. I just don't know where it is. We hear a rattling. Oh, heck no. I'd be like, hell no. Just burn the house down. I'd be like, cool. <laughs> so burn the house down. We've been eager for a fire. <laughs> Step one, uh, some gasoline right here. Just douse the whole place. and <laughs> where, It's like you get Elon Musk flame floor. And be like, where, oh, did yeah. it, where did you hear it last? Right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's my biggest personal fear. I'd say uh, job-wise, my biggest fear is not being – not living up to a standard of what the public sees as a firefighter. Uh-huh. That's probably the biggest. That's, that's, I think that might be more terrifying, just that fear of having that success. I think one of my biggest fears is being able to step into a room with people that are below me or don't have as much experience as I do and being able to control it and teaching all those people and saving a life, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to build up to such a – such a good broad like understanding of of your career but it's gotta be it's like it's definitely one of my biggest fears 100 percent is the success trying to be successful and being yeah. good enough i know i know how you feel bro yeah um but yeah that's that's pretty much the fear for me yeah Let's see. i knew the snake one already yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right this is a really good question i actually was asked this question in my very first interview with Golden Ranch Fire. They asked me this, and I went off the top of my head. I had no idea how to answer, and I answered like an absolute idiot. That's probably what I'm going to do right okay, now. Okay, so tell us about a time you did something unsafe and how you acted in the scenario. <sighs> See, I can't even think of anything right now. Um, 
the first thing that comes to the top of my head is uh, it's work related, and I guess <laughs> I guess it still is an issue because uh, so I can I, I'm I'm able to drive a forklift. I'm physically able to. <laughs> oh fuck! I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's bad when you ask the question. On safety, he's like he's like you know, boss. I know I can drive a forklift. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've been trained on it. I know how to drive it, and don't. I know what you're thinking. You might think, oh, he, like, crashed or did something. It's not even that. It's just, it's not the fact that I did something on it. It's the fact that, oh, here, I'll just get into it. So, um, for for airport rules, you have to be 21 to have a driver badge or to be a driver on the airport, on the airfield. And technically, my hangar is on the airport. It's on airport property. So, I have to, I had, at that point, I wasn't 21 yet. So, I had to be 21 to drive the forklift. Um, and... Technically, I'm not even supposed to drive it now until I'm 25 for insurance purposes for my company, which is stupid. So I know how to drive a forklift, and I drive it well. And um, very overconfident, but um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> 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 something, <laughs> someone upstairs just did something. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we, we get a freight delivery, and uh, I, I believe it was, like, it, it was in the afternoon, so it was, like, 3 or 4. And um, the only guys, other guys that can drive the forklift in the hangar are our sheet metal technician, our avionics tech, and um, our repair station guy. And uh, guess who all clocked out before that guy came with the delivery? Well, they all did. So guess who was the only one there that could even operate the forklift? This guy. That guy. So... And I, I, I believe I was probably 19 at the time, so it was probably like three years ago. But um, I, I was I was nervous, dude. I was really? so nervous. I was so anxious because I've been trained on it, but I'd never gotten like an actual delivery before. And the, all I did on training is I like did the different levers, pick up the forks, lean it back and forth and side to side. And I picked up a pallet and put it down, and that was it. But um, so... I mean, technically speaking, it was unsafe because, okay, so, so I'll, I'll explain more. So I was trained on it when my boss thought I was able to drive it, but then it turned out I wasn't able to drive it because of air, airport rules. Because of the age, right? Yeah, because of the age. Okay. So I was trained on it thinking I could do it, but then it turned out I wasn't. So technically I, I knew how to, how to drive it, but I was not supposed to, and I was like barely trained Did on it. Did you ever get in trouble for it? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think. So. No, I didn't because. Well, the secret's out now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, even if like if they would have got mad at me, I'd have been like, guys, I was the only one at the hangar, and they had our delivery, and if I didn't get it, it was gonna be shipped back, and we had to pay for the, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I was I was nervous, but I was I also knew I could do it. I was shaking, dude, as I was driving it. Were you? I was so nervous, bro. Um, but uh. I'd totally skip safety steps, you know, because I was nervous. And, um, Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah. So was part of the question, how did I respond? Or what was the full question? It, well, the question is what time you did something unsafe and how you acted in the scenario. Okay. Which I think you answered. So, yeah. So I got on it, and uh, I probably missed some steps, you know. Um, but I'd, I'd remember my training, and I did all the things I was supposed to do. I got the 
got the freight off successfully, got it down, got off the forklift. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'll shake it. Like it wasn't that bad, but I was I was I was pretty nervous. And um, oh, I bet, dude. but I I just I I I believed I could do it. I wasn't you know I wasn't gonna back down from it. Good. I was super nervous, but I just thought like like yo like you can't turn you can't just walk away from this. You get you just gotta do it. So I just hopped on, did it. Took like thirty seconds. Sometimes that's how it is when you're overcoming something. It's just it's a quick. Yeah. Like, just do it, you know? Yeah, bro. Yeah, but that, that was that was it. It was it was unsafe in the the way that I wasn't even privy to do that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I haven't heard this story. Yeah. I, was, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? Yeah. I'm proud to say I'm a better forklift driver now. Good. Um... What are your strengths and your weaknesses? Your biggest strength and biggest weakness. Was that the same question? Was that really? it, it was the one you had earlier. It, it, was in, it was in the same order as you asked me, but I switched mine up so you could answer oh, yours okay. a little bit later. So my biggest weakness, I'd say, is uh, I, think, I, think, I think personally and work-wise is my confidence, 100%. I think I'm now, like over time of, of what I've figured out, which I don't want to get too far into my strength, you know, I've been able to work on it really well. But my weakness has always been confidence. I feel like I've always been seeking approval. You know, I always seek approval from people. You know, wh- whoever it is, whatever relationship I might be in, whoever it is in my family, I just seek the approval because I want to feel good enough. Uh-huh. Which I don't know which which screw was loosened when I was growing up where that portion of your mind supposed to be filled. You know, I'm sure people have struggles with confidence. But, you know, I had a lot of go- like, things going for me too. Like, I knew I was, you know... I was a a good kid in high school. I knew I had a lot of good talent and stuff with soccer wise. I was athletic, you know. I was in good shape. Um, I knew I was smart too. I just I really half assed in school, but I was still really smart. I know I was smart, you know. But I had this confidence. I always had issues with reading. I always had issues with stuff that I could have worked on when I was a little kid, but instead I wanted to play PlayStation. But uh, confidence has definitely always been my biggest issue. And what I've done in my life to kind of fix that is. I've been able to wake up one day and just go and go for a run, like a four-mile run, three days a week. That period of my life, I was 188 pounds, and I lost 20 pounds in one month just running three days a week, which if you do it, it's three to four weeks. It would have been around nine to 12 runs. In those nine to 12 runs, I shed 20 pounds, and you know I went those I it wasn't like I got it right away I had to take breaks I had to walk and it, it would take me the very first time I did it, it took me an hour to do and I was like damn this is like such a big part of my day so I'd get off work and I'd go do it when I was working at Pima only and I'd run because I didn't like how big I was getting like in my mind I could see the pictures I could see how chunky I was getting to me to my preference and I was like this is too much I'm my confidence is just getting hurt even more so and this newfound confidence I had, this it's a it I think comes from belief first, and then you get the confidence. You have to believe in yourself. You have to trust the process, and you have to just keep committing to it. And after I finished the fire academy of Pima, you know I had graduated with thirty, forty different people, and these people taught me a lot about trust, and they taught me about believing because they all did it with me. They did all the nasty stuff I had to do. They did it with me. We all got through it, and. 
I had this new confidence. I felt like I was the shit, man. I remember playing soccer the first time I got out of the academy, and I felt like I could take anybody, you know? I was aggressive. I was more mean. I was more, like, I wanted to talk shit. You know, I, I, could, I felt confident. And I haven't had that feeling of confidence since those, those couple months, you know? Uh-huh. I just, I had confidence. And I, back to the story, I started running and running and running, and I finally felt a glimpse of what that confidence felt like because I shedded that 20 pounds, and I took two pictures. The first picture was me before, and the, t- the other picture was afterwards, and I looked like a totally different person. It was su- so surprising. But I think the biggest strength I have is my ability to address an issue with myself and my ability to commit to it and work on it till it's better. I won't stop. I'll, I'll keep going. I want to be a better person, so I'll keep going. If I find something I don't like about myself, I'm going to work on it. I'm pretty relentless when it comes to that. I, I'd say I'm a doer for sure. Yeah, you are. You really are. So, But, yeah, that's how I'd answer that. I like it. I like it. Um, all right. Dolan, what keeps you focused on your goals? Um, to be honest, I would say partly, I, I don't know if it's bad. I don't know if, I don't know, but, uh, fear of failure is that's one, not bad. Yes, that's one, that's one big one is fear of failure definitely is there. Um, and then just two, number two is just thinking of what I can become if I've set my mind to it and looking at myself in the future mm-hmm. and just picturing a future me being successful and getting through it's just getting through everything and to get to that point um but yeah for like the fear the fear of failure like i that's probably the the, big, the bigger one it's because like i i want to i want to make the people who know me proud you know and i want to show what i can do and just thinking about not being being able to accomplish what I want to, that I'm like, wow, okay, I need to to step it up here, you know. I need to stop doing these bad habits and kind of push them on the back burner and focus on what's in front of me. And then I I picture myself in the future with with a with a family, you know, with a beautiful wife and kids and just a, a nice family with the and a and a good supporting cast you know when you my brother oh, would be me. the coolest uncle yeah we're literally guys we're, we're brothers until we die i think everybody like, everybody who you know because we have actually now i could say like our we're gonna start making um like a montage to, to post on tiktok just to kind of get our podcast out there and then instagram already knows about it we already have a instagram just look up nick and d on instagram and you can go there and check it out um we don't have a whole lot of followers i think right now it's just me and him then another one of our friends yeah and uh just go on there and take a look because we want to make a bunch of these and blah, 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 and we want to talk about this stuff, so we're going to really try to boom it. But yeah, everyone who knows us, me and Dolan, you know, we've, we've been, like, homies since day one. Yeah. I really – I don't think there's much that could happen between us that would make us, like, end our friendship. I don't like, think there's a single thing. Like, me and this man definitely hate each other sometimes. But, like, we were able to come back and be like, sup, dog? We, we definitely <laughs> annoy the shit out of each other uh-huh. a lot. And now we're living together, too. So I wake up in the morning, and I see Dolan and his boxers going to get coffee. I'm like, really, man? <laughs> in my kitchen? And then uh, when I'm in the bathroom, whether I'm doing something in there, <laughs> this, we, have a, we have this pink rubber ball. <laughs> we this, <do. laughs> this man lines up like a pitcher, dog. 
<laughs> throws it. That. Dude, it scares me so much. And in that moment, I get pissed because I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, <laughs> I'm all, dude, it scared me. I remember doing that. That's so funny. <laughs> we'll literally get the, this little pink dodgeball and throw it at each other Just across our can. Like, you know when your mom told you not to play ball in the house? We definitely play ball in the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Until we break something, I don't think we're going to learn. I'm going to beam one at the TV. You're going to beam one of the nice lights we have hanging. Yeah. Well, until that day, we'll keep on doing it. That's so funny. <laughs> I, he was taking a crap or something. I just beamed the doors. Like, yeah. He's Dude. like, holy shit. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we kind of went off well, topic there. But, I think uh, that was a good answer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I wasn't expecting to have a good answer there. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty fair way to answer that question. Yeah. Totally honest there. Um, here's one I kind of thought of. Um, say that you were, f- like, let go from your job right now if you were just fired. Okay. What would be your next steps immediately after to get back on track and to get back to where you want to be? So with my job, with being a, being a firefighter, the, the job, like, pull, the pool uh-huh. is extremely competitive. When I was, when I was trying for Tucson Fire a couple, a couple years ago, I remember going in to the TCC and testing that whole entire field of, like, the hockey area. Mm-hmm. All of it was covered in tables of people from the city that wanted to do it. I ended up making it all the way to the end of that interview, and I uh, I ended up finishing at 54 out of 950. That was my rank. And they took, like, 40. You know, and I was stout close. But uh, that's just an example of how competitive it is. But from the time I, get, I would get let go, um, it would be an immediate, like, so in a, in a positive way, I have a little bit more free time. What I can do from here is I can kind of extend my, my search. I can really start to go out there. I can take CPAT tests. I can go practice tests, and I just really get focused, start practicing interviews. You know, fire departments, they probably open up, I'd say, an apartment within 60 miles of you. From Just from, from my interview experience, from looking for jobs, I'd say an, a job opportunity opens up no matter what from whatever place within like two or three within every six months. So, in those time period, I'd say one every three months will open up. And uh, sometimes Golder and Northwest will open at the same time. Rincon Valley opens up probably once, twice a year. Um, then there's, like, Aver Valley open. They're actually open right now. Um, Green Valley, Drexel, all these different departments, they'll, they, they'll all open up and stuff. And there's departments in Phoenix that will open. Um, so, from there... If I did get let go from from Eureka, I would be looking immediately for another job, and I would just I would try and, and stay focused and, and use my free time to work a lot at Pima, get a little bit more intel from Pima, and get a little more experience there. Make money while you're at it. Yeah. While you're over there. And then if it took me a long time to find another job firewise, because it could, I would probably get a job in the hospital just to keep myself in the know, keep myself in the field, because it's like a muscle. Once you stop using it, it will fade. Hundred percent will fade. Yeah, your communication skills, your people pleasing skills that stuff's going to go out the window if you're not in the field every day you know uh-huh. i've taken long breaks you know when my mom had passed i took a long break coming back and i was i felt nervous again starting it like i felt like i hadn't been there in a while so it definitely it's kind of scary thinking about it but you know hopefully that never happens yeah that was a good answer <clears throat> thank you sir it seemed like it seemed like you were prepared for that honestly <laughs> i don't know it's, once again i think it was too long you want to answer because you they say we're going to ask you five questions in the interview and you have to answer the questions within 10 minutes so you should be nice like um simple is what's the saying 
short and sweet. No, um, keep it short and sweet. No, uh, <laughs> it's less is more. There you go. That's the one. So that's not a problem for me. I'd be so nervous that I'd <laughs> be like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. We're gonna see yourself in five years. Yeah. Uh, I pull a step brothers and, and look at the engineer chief and whoever's in there and be like, you know, I'm doing the interview. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you make a year before taxes? <laughs> <laughs> like step brothers. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable answering that. Oh, I got the chief or whatever. Be like, <laughs> get out. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this is my. This is we're approaching the last questions. Um. Dolan, what about yourself makes you the most proud? I would say, I would say how kind I am. How, I, I would bring loyal back into it. How loyal and kind I am. I see that as a very good uh, describing trait of myself. Um, I see so many people out in the world today, and a lot of them are just horrible people, you know. And I, I never want to be like that. I never want to be less kind than I am right now and less uh, giving and you know um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to like uh, be conceited or anything but like I, I I donate a lot of money to to my church and to different organizations when I see someone fundraising I'll do that and I just it feels good to be to be like that you know to be someone that's that's just so you know so kind i guess i use that word a lot but like yeah i get what you're saying and coming from a person that's been with you i'm biased because i can validate it like 100 percent. like i you're definitely that that person you know i think it takes a while for someone you just meet to like kind of realize who you are you know just like when you get into a new relationship it takes a while for you to figure out who you're with yeah um that's kind of how it but for me I, i've been with if we're talking relationship wise i've known dolan my whole life so um, I know exactly who he is, and he's 100% speaking from the heart there. And uh, I don't doubt a single word that's coming out of his mouth. So, is that it? Is that all you have? Oh, uh, I, I asked the questions first, right? Uh, did you? Did you ask all five? Yeah, I asked all of them. All right, well, then that's our that was our five. So that was kind of the, the summary of the our whole, entire yeah. our podcast. But we do have... <laughs> Our wonderful last segment, yes, this is my favorite uh, where we like segment. to talk about um, some things in the world where we say uh, you shouldn't do. Yeah. So, don't you want to fire it off? Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know who needs to hear this, but uh, pit vipers are not, yeah, dude, are I not agree. cool, bro. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like them, bro. Bro, so you're just over at my house or at my parents' house right now. Yeah. When you left, me and Kyle were looking at my brakes. Mm-hmm. These dudes in the suburban. The guy in the front seat is wearing a tank top <laughs> with his stupid hair and with the pet vipers on. He's all blasting the rap music out the window with his two other friends that are just... I'm like, oh my god, dude. That's embarrassing. Dude, I, I have a couple friends, too, that wear pit vipers. Like, I, 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 know, yeah. I know people that wear pit vipers. Yeah, but me I'm like, too. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out when the trend started. Like, when did it start? Because when I see pit vipers, I think of, like, snowboarding goggles. Yeah. Like, you know? Yep. And like, is that where it came from? Like, is that their idea? I don't know. Because I used to see those glasses when I was a little kid and be like, those are fugly as hell. Like, I didn't want to wear I wanted to wear the classic, like, Phil from the Hangover glasses. Yeah. You know? I would never. I would That's a good one, though. Ever, I'm glad ever. you said it because there's probably someone that needed to hear that. Yeah. I'd, um, nah, no. I got another one for you, which this, which these two people might actually have. Um, I don't know I don't know who needs to hear this, but tuners are not the move. <laughs> if your car <laughs> goes above a certain amount of decibels, within neighborhood blah 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 whatever you know i get it it's a culture 
like a like a it's a it's a fast and furious whatever culture like with <laughs> with nice cars like i guess it makes people happy and i don't want to hate on it too much yeah. but when you start blasting it and like doing it like right next to people walking by like you're being a real dickhead yeah you know that's true i, I don't know much about cars um I would get it if it was like for for performance, right? For your yeah. car, if it was car performance, it would make your car better. Cool, like do it, but to, don't don't well, do it openly. Do it. And I get it. It's gonna be loud, but like have some fucking courtesy, you know. I just don't get the point. Like I don't know. Like what, what is it? Validation from other people that have the same car, <laughs> same sounding <laughs> I car. So. I, I guess so. Um, what do you got, Dylan? I don't know who needs to hear this, but. Powerade is superior to Gatorade. You know what? I can actually throw a fact your way because I did do a science fair project when I was like <laughs> 10 on Powerade. And Ooh, it was right. actually the second runner-up behind water. Wow. So I can actually confirm this. I, I just said that because I'm, I'm, Gatorade is cool too. I'll drink Gatorade, but Powerade is Gatorade. hits, Gatorade. Gatorade. Powerade Water's, hits, man. <laughs> water sucks. It's always new. So um, this is for you ladies right now. Um, I know th- I don't know which ladies need to hear this, or I don't know some guys, I guess. But just because it's September doesn't mean it's Halloween time. <laughs> Bring out the pumpkin spice. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be like October first, and people are gonna be like, "Let's put up the Christmas tree." No, shut the fuck up. Do that in December, dude. Last month, at the end of last month, we're in September. It's September first today, and it was like August. The last week of August, they already had Halloween stuff up in Safeway. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it, but you know, actually, I think there is like a like a marketing here because you could buy it now and it'll be it'll be cheaper because when the market starts oh, rising on the yeah. holidays, because they'll start raising the prices. So yeah. I don't know. You'll probably save a buck or two, but yeah, I don't know. But I, I, there's always a there's always a theory to the madness. But I I really it's just when I see people like already doing stuff like cool, good for you, but it's like oh. yeah. I don't know. Maybe it just stresses me out because it makes me feel like I need to start getting into the holiday spirit. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. It'd, it'd be different if it was like for me, I try to buy some Christmas presents earlier in the year. Yeah. I, I do agree with that. Like I think that, that's different. I, I think yeah. that's 100% different. Yeah. So. What do you got, B? Um, I don't know who needs to hear this, but Apple will always be superior to Android. <laughs> There's a lot of dads out there in their like 40s <laughs> and 50s. I need to hear this. They're going to send some hate mail about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, you I know, said what every, I said. Every dad listening to this is going to be like, if there isn't, even is dads listening to this, holy shit. But they're going to be grabbing their, like, really? <laughs> you want to talk about that? I don't know. My, my dad has an Apple. Um, but you No, know, my dad does too. He converted as well. Yeah. He used to call it, and he used to call I, all sorts of names. Yeah, your dad is on an Android, right? Yeah. My dad is on an Android. I've owned an Android. Um, I believe, That's right. You yeah. converted. I forget yeah, about that. I converted. So I've, I've always yeah. been Apple, man. Yep. Apple all the way. Oh, you're not gonna like this, but uh, I don't know who needs to hear this. But the color blue is way overrated. I mean, just because I mean, just because this is my favorite doesn't mean I don't know it's overrated. Yeah, I didn't mean to like <laughs> immediately point the pistol at you, but yeah, well, uh, I, I just gotta say. Well, I are, are talking about just like like the, I think like the overhype of blue. So are, are you talking about like you know when someone thinks of blue, they just think of the regular color blue, just that color blue. This is pretty harsh. I'm really hating on the color blue right are, now. Are you talking about that but, color? You're talking about all all variations of blue? Just. Like, some variations of blue are really nice, but just blue in general just seems like such a boring color. Because I, I like more of, like, a turquoise kind of, like... Okay, so, like, yeah. a lighter blue. Light, yeah, like yeah, a that's, lighter... That's that's nice. Blue-green mix. I like both. Um, this is my last one. Okay. I don't know who needs to hear this, but... Um, Brussels sprouts are better than any other vegetable. Yeah, okay, I'm already not accepting this. <laughs> I think Brussels sprouts are the grossest thing on the planet. Bro, when's the last time you tried it? Um... 
Yeah, so, I don't know. Let me just look at my hospital records because I ended up being in the ICU because it was so ass. No, that was about like 10 years ago? When was the last time you tried it? Yeah, last time I tried it, I think my mom made it or something. And I remember the house smelling like the inside of a skunk's ass. Okay, I will say, like, I, 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 I like the ones that come in, in like the, the freezer bags. Dude, put that in the microwave. And then you throw them in a pan with butter. <sighs> Forget about it. Forget about it, dude. <laughs> it's insane. I'm, I'll make it for you sometime. You make that in this apartment, dude. I swear. To I'm, fuck, I'm, I'm making gonna, it. I'm in... gonna put something on the door saying I'm gonna be leaving. <laughs> I'm making it in here, and you're gonna try at least one. If you don't like it, I'll eat all of them. All right. <laughs> all right. My last one is I don't know needs to hear this, but tomorrow or whenever you go back to work again, you're gonna kill it. Whatever's happening that day, there's gonna be a job interview. Blah blah blah. You're having something big coming up in your life. I'm talking to you. Yes, I'm talking to you. How did I know that? I don't know. But um, you're going to do great. So I just wanted to end the podcast with saying that you're going to do outstanding at that next thing you do in your life. Appreciate it, bro. I wasn't talking to you, dog. I was talking to them. Where are you going? <sighs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in for uh, the second episode of our podcast. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you.